0: Love
1: Talk Radio.
0: Good evening, everyone. You're on the D Hour Network. This is Marsha Patterson. I'm with for your health show. I'm hoping everyone's having a great, uh, had a great holiday. And I'm, this is December the 30th of 2018. Can you believe it? This year is over with. I pray everyone had a blessed and restful holiday. I'm excited excited about my guest. She's been on before, and she's a really good friend of mine, and I am so grateful. To, I'm always pulling at her coattail and kind of pulling on her all the time because she shares, her and I share so much knowledge and information of like minds on health and nutrition. So she's my uh, daughter from another mother. So I want to, you guys to welcome Letitia Jones back on the show from Raw Chef. She's a raw chef. Letitia, how you doing? Hey
2: there, Marsha. I have one correction, which I think is funny. You can I cannot be What's your that? daughter if we're that if we're that close in age.
1: you're trying to to tell on me, huh? <laughs>
0: You're my daughter from another mother. Girl, yes, you're my All baby. Right. You know, I really, really appreciate you uh, and how we've been doing this for so many years together, um, educating people, bringing people to the knowledge. Give our listening audience a little bit information about who you are, because... I want people to know tonight's show, we're going to focus on emotion and our health. And, the, you know, I truly believe since I've stepped back from all the holiday rushing and spending money and getting caught up, it has effect on our health, our emotions. And this is what this show is about, for your health, is to educate us about being healthy from a nutritional standpoint. But tonight, we're going to talk about the emotional standpoint. So before we go there, Letitia... Tell them who you are and what you do and what Raw Chef is about.
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, first of all, my real name is Letitia Jones, but my stage name is Chef L, and that's because I am a raw food chef and I help people to heal by using raw and living food. And then once they cleanse and heal um, and they start to eat correctly, the body starts to heal itself. So it's not a whole lot of mystery behind that, A lot of times we go to the medication first, but if we go and let food be our medicine first, then our bodies will heal naturally. Um, And I've been doing this with Marsha since 2006. Can you believe it has been, what, 12 years? That is a long time. Oh, no. It has. And and when we first started, everything we did was we just, anybody that would listen, we told them. Anybody that needed (laughs) their help, we do it. And we were always running around. And and people would say, and how much do you charge? And we kind of looked at each other and was like, well, we don't know. (laughs) So it's been a long time because half the time we didn't charge because it was such a passion, right? It was just such a
0: passion. Correct. But not only that, when we were starting this, but let me say this: when we were starting this, we hardly can get anybody to listen. But now people are waking up to looking at the fact of nutrition healing your body.
2: Right. Right. When we first started out, we were aliens, yes. But here's here's what happened. I went back to my class reunion, and everybody wanted to know why I feel like, like I was 35. And I was like, uh, because it is all about <laughs> the food, you know. It's like I stopped. My aging stopped when I started eating correctly. And so even today, people tease me. My daughters and I are out together, and one of them will say, Mama. I mean, when we're in the middle of the store. And people will stop what they're doing and go, that's your mama? (laughs) So I have a 28-year-old, 26, 24, 21. We took a break, 17. We took another break, 11. (laughs) So we have six six
1: kiddos, all right? And And so I am honored to be
0: called there ahead, go ahead. But I want to let them know you homeschool and wait a minute, on top of doing this nutritional thing, she homeschools her children.
2: Well, you know, that was because if I'm going to be weird, my kids too. So, I took them out of the school system because I wanted them to think independently. I didn't want them to be um, just follow the crowd. I had to think about it, how many times in our life are we surrounded by our, our same age group all day long? And that's never, only in school. But after you get out of school, the real world has a different age group, different nationalities, different religions, different backgrounds. So I wanted my children to grow up in the real world and also be educated by their mother and their father, of course. And so we have well-balanced kids who are so down to earth, it's amazing, they all have their own businesses, um, doing their own thing now. It's kind of hard to believe that out of the six kiddos, my son, my only son, will be graduating this summer, and I will only have one left, just one. Isn't that crazy?
0: Wow. And I can stand as a witness that they're well-balanced young young men and women uh, that you raised, and they're very respectful, very creative minds, very out of the box, and very smart. So, and, you know, and I wish I hadn't known about homeschooling, whatever, you know, kind of thinking that kind of concept when I was younger. But I support it 100%. I love the fact that the parents that I've met through homeschooling when I should attend homeschooling for a while, it was great. I just love to see these parents interacting. And they got their babies on their hips. You know, they got their younger children yes. with them on their hips as they're teaching the next generation. And I think that's how we, I know that's how we learn. And even with my home daycare that I have for several years, I'm still connected to those children, and they are well-raised kids, well-balanced, because we didn't feed them the junk that they would normally get in regular school. But I just that's love right. the concept of you doing that, and because you fed your kids the great food, the healthy foods.
2: I did, and the funny thing is they kind of tease me now. They say that they're food snobs, and I was like, what is a food snob?" <laughs> they said, Mama, if it's, it's like most of the time we cook at home. Most of the time we have our own, you know, menus and stuff because we got used to having real food. So when we go out now and it's like, mm-mm, doesn't taste the same, you know, and, and they love to bring their friends or boyfriends over, and whenever we're making things from scratch, I pull out the mill, and I take out the grain, and I grind up the flour from scratch. And you should see the look on these young men's faces like, you for real? <laughs> she <makes> a, <laughs> she actually makes the flour. What is, what's, what's going on here?
0: Yeah. So it's, it's right, fun. Right, right, right. And this is what Yesterday's Kitchen for Today is all about, my business and then For Your Health blog talk, is to bring us back to that knowledge and information. And also, you know, me being a mom and a grandma, being able to teach the next generation how that's done. And Letitia is excellent in her um, raw shelf consultation with her patients. So give us a little bit about how you do that. Okay,
2: repeat that question. No, 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 I'm here. Repeat
0: that I question said, for okay. me one more time. Okay. With the raw chef um, business, I know how you mm-hmm. have helped people lose weight, come off their medication. Mm-hmm. So let's focus a little bit. Let's talk, share with the audience a little bit about what you do with that, with your raw chef.
2: Okay. Um, a lot of times people come to me for one reason. Um, and when I first started this business, that was kind of how it was put in my spirit, that they would come to me thinking that they're coming to lose weight or they're coming to eat better. But once they got to me, it was like then you the answer, basically then once they get to you, they'll find out the real reason they're working with you. And that is I believe that every disease has an emotional root. Unless you were born that way, obviously, that's not something that you had control over. But let's say the most common diseases that we have in our community, which is high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, um, being overweight, those things, a lot of times, they're connected to poor emotions. So I started out that way, um, just talking them through it and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do about it. And I had the most success after I started dealing with the emotional part first. I started by helping them eat better, clean up their diet, of course, nutritional supplements, things of that nature, just like every other nutritionist or natural health practitioner. And I found that they would fall off the wagon. Well, they fell off the wagon less after I taught them why they were eating this way in the first place. So it was always connected to the emotions every single time. So then I decided to get a little smarter and start with the emotion first. And so we break down the walls. If, if you have anger issues, it's time to deal with those because you'll stop trying to eat all the wrong foods if you deal with the wrong emotions first. So that was an aha moment for me, and then that's when I really started to um, have a lot of success in my practice because we started with the problem first.
0: And anger weakens the liver. Isn't that correct? Yes, it does. Yeah, and so that's what I'm thinking. You know, and with the holiday, and, you know, by me being a mom and a grandma, and I'm no longer doing all that. First of all, from a spiritual side, I start studying Hebrew and studying the Bible. So I start being on a different plane spiritually with the holidays. And so mm-hmm. therefore, I try not I'm not getting caught up like I was in the past. You know, I remember running my head off trying to buy Christmas presents and wrapping and spending extra money that I didn't need to be spending, and I see now so many young people trying themselves financially and emotionally to these holidays and trying to meet these demands on society to fulfill that they're making themselves sick. So we gotta look at how our emotions is affecting our health because all that ties in. We talk about how food, the wrong kind of food, affects us, how to eat the right kind of food. But we gotta deal with like Letitia said, deal with the emotion first. And so this is what we're gonna talk about tonight is the emotions and how it ties in to our health. So share with us some more things about we talked about anger. And, you know, you think about mm-hmm. anger and well, – let me go back to anger and liver. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Have you ever met uh, a drunk? How angry, honorary mm-hmm. a person becomes once they take mm-hmm. alcohol in because that alcohol goes in, it, it affects the frontal lobe of their brain, and it also affects the mm-hmm. liver.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: And that's why you find more drunks and people who have been drinking more angry. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Well, I had a, when I first started doing this, like I said, it was kind of like a, well, wait a minute, there's a connection here. And then I had the aha. But a very good friend of mine was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I had lost contact with her. I hadn't talked to her for quite some time. And then I saw online, um, one of her sons posted, hey, pray for my mom. She has breast cancer. And I was like, wow, well, this is a good time to reconnect. So I got on the phone, called her up and I offered to come over and to do what I call my emotional trauma release session with her. And as I said, this was still in the formative stages. So I was like, All right, father, this is wild. You're telling me to go over here and do this and I'll explain what I did in just a minute. But we got I got there and I told her, I said, This is a little different. I'm coming over, I want to support you, I want to pray for you. I said, However, let's deal with the root of the breast cancer. And she was like, all right, I'm open. Because when you're diagnosed with breast cancer or any type of cancer, for that matter, you want to heal. And you're willing to try whatever it takes, okay? Well, she had already started to eat right without me. She had gone through a per, a program called Gerson. And so they, they had the eating part down. Well, once again, she contacted me because she knew I was a chef to um, – When I got there, she was like, well, help me come up with some salad dressings because my diet is very limited on what they want me to eat. Well, I thought that was funny. Here we go once again. She's thinking she's contacting me for salad dressing. She's not. (laughs) So. I get there. Of course, we talk about the salad dressings, and then I start to do the emotional release session. And the first thing I do is I tell her, I take out a sheet of paper and write down all the negative emotions that you're feeling right now that you felt in the past. Let's just write them all down. And she did. And then she started to cry. And I said, now, the fact that you're crying tells me that it's still bothering you because once we're over a hurt it doesn't bother us anymore we we can talk about it like it's a um you're telling us somebody else's story but when you're telling your story you still have emotion behind it because it's still real and it's still raw okay so we went into her bedroom and we just started to yeah i just started pray with her and then i said all right now that we have this list i want you to write down everybody you're pissed off at because <laughs> she was like what and we're talking nice little christian lady you know we don't get mad at people right yes we do so She wrote down all the the list of all the folks she was mad at. I said, so before we can go a step further, we have to forgive these people. We have to let them go free. So I walked her through how to forgive and how to forgive once and for all. It's a lot of times we ask, you know, the other person to forgive us or we choose in our heart to forgive, but then they keep doing stuff or you think about them again and how bad it hurt and it comes back up again. You haven't forgiven. You've tried in your own natural flesh, but you haven't forgiven. So what I do is I walk them through forgiveness with the help of the, um, the Holy Spirit, of course, So I, 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 I I'm, because we can't do it by ourselves. So she walked through the forgiveness. She marked off everybody off of her list. Then we went back to deal with the cancer because guess what? The root cause of cancer, any form of cancer, is self-destruction. So somehow she was angry with them, couldn't take the anger out on them, so guess what? She was causing her own self-destruction. That is the root of cancer. It is a rejection of self, feeling despair, feeling lonely, a poor relationship with parents, um, inability to cope with trauma and loss, feeling, uh, let's see, helpless or being repressed. It's even mental depression or either holding on to deep anger, resentment, hate, revenge, or jealousy. Now, doesn't that sound like a serious list? And yeah. so after she, after she and I walked through that, I mean, it even has other things, um, like not opening up to the help of our Heavenly Father. In other words, I'm going to do all the things I know how to do. And no desire to live. For those people that get to the very end of it, they end up having no desire to live. But depending on where the cancer resides, that tells you where the problem is. So the breast area Um, that is where we nurse our babies, okay? That is where we are nursed as babies. So, therefore, it can be a relationship with a sibling or a sister or a mother figure. So, usually it's a female if it's in the breast or the feminine area. So, lo and behold, we ended up on that list having some people on that list, sisters that we needed to forgive and to cleanse. And as we walk through the forgiveness, I just felt led to start giving her certain essential oils because I love essential oils. Um, I don't like the woo-woo, you know, essential oils where some people think, okay, we're going to ascend and all this stuff. No, I believe that essential oils were written about in the Bible, and it talks about the different oils and that they are used for healing. So I gave her the common ones like frankincense. I gave her... Mm -hmm. um, peppermint, I gave her, grapefruit, things of that nature, cedar wood, things that were talked about in the Bible. So she started to just put those oils on as we walked through the healing process, right? It was absolutely amazing. And I, I had to repent after I finished her session because I went to help her, but I had no idea how much it was going to help her. She had stage three cancer, I believe it was, and we walked out of there, and the lump completely disappeared right in front of us. She said, I touch this lump every single morning. And so, as she was putting on one of the oils, she touch the area where the lump was. And she says, wait a minute, it's not there. Now, you know you love somebody when they pull down their bra and show you their boob, okay? So she's like, look, look, it's <laughs> not there. He was like, feel right here. Do this, press this. So, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but here we are pressing her breast trying to find this lump, and it wasn't there, okay? So we both, it was like shout down. It was so exciting. I cried. She cried. We hugged. Her son came to figure out what's going on in here. I guess he thought we were doing something crazy because we're screaming. So he's coming to figure out what's going on, and here we are in the midst of a miraculous healing. Why? Because she dealt with the problem, which was the anger, the resentment, the unforgiveness between her sisters. Okay? After that, I wanted confirmation. I was like, I don't just want this to be a fluke. I want to know. She went to the doctor, and the lump wasn't there. The doctor confirmed the lung wow. disappeared and she was stage three cancer. Do you hear me? Stage three. So then, how many years ago was that? That was two years ago. How many years ago was the issue with that? Okay. Two years ago, two thousand. Mm-hmm. She was and diagnosed she
0: still, in two thousand, and oh,
2: she yeah. still she's still good. Alive right and well. Now. Yes, and she will tell anybody her story. She is. She was like, look, I didn't believe it, so she went back to the doctor, and she and I both. It was like we needed that confirmation, know that our heavenly Father met us that day and healed her. Now, fast forward, I get in the car. I'm boohooing all the way home. I'm like crying because <laughs> I went, in, I, I, I I went in there. I went in there with so little faith, and let me explain that. I knew wow. that the oils worked. I knew that they worked. I knew that prayer worked. Don't get me wrong. But when you see it happen right in your face, you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, why was I surprised she got healed if I went there to help her get healed? So I had to I had to confess I had a little doubt. I was going to go and pray and put some oils on her, and I'm done, right? I'm going go home. I did my nice little sweet biblical thing. Well, and then I was going to continue to pray for her because she's my friend. But when it happened right there in my face, I had to admit that I, too, had a little bit of doubt that it was going to work.
0: And then after that, that was,
2: after I cried all the way, go ahead, baby.
0: That was that mustard seed. He said you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So you went in there with a mustard seed of faith. I did. And that's all it did. But takes. I
2: walked out. I walked out with an elephant-sized faith. Now anybody that gets close to me, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we, we got we to gotta go through some emotional trauma release. And they're like, what is emotional trauma release? Don't worry about it, but it works. And since that time, I have worked with people over and over and over again. If they're willing to go there, see, the willingness to go there, which is being vulnerable and being honest with yourself. If you're willing to go there, Father is willing to meet you. And once you get there, then he is willing to heal you. And so I don't take credit for it. I know it's not me. I'm not Supergirl. It's just something he allowed me to be, be a part of, and it's exciting because I get to see it, and then to see it in their eyes and to see it manifest. Now, there are so many diseases, but there are really only two. There is toxicity, where you have high levels of toxins in your body, you're eating the processed food. And then there's where you're malnourished, okay? So when we're not eating enough of the good food, um, malnourished. So now we're toxic or either we're malnourished. That is where when your immune system starts to lower, right? Then you've got the emotions over here bubbling and then so guess what? One plus the other manifests itself in a physical way. What happens is it has to man sickness has to manifest physically so that you will deal with your junk. How many times will we just ignore stuff and ignore stuff and let it pile up and pile up until we get that diagnosis? Then all of a sudden you like Okay, I need to make a change. Our Heavenly Father knows that's how we think. So, therefore, am I saying he makes us sick? Absolutely not. However, everything is used for his glory. Everything. All things work for our good. I didn't say everything was good. So, when sickness comes, you need to stop, drop, and say, okay, what's the root? What's the cause? So anyway, that's, that's the story. That's how it all got started, connecting the dots with the food and the emotion.
0: And, and, you know, there's so many books out there, and there's so much great information because, and you know what I'm, I see a lot, is so many of today's young women who are single moms, they're pressed trying to pay the bills, get themselves financially mm-hmm. together, just during the holidays trying to do this. And Mm -hmm. we want them, and that's why you see a lot of them, they have an ovarian cancer, they have breast cancer and things like that. So we want to show how can one not worry or how do you suggest to them to not take on that burden?
2: All right. That's a loaded question. In other words, how can you avoid getting to the point of having disease in the first place? Is that it?
0: Yes, ma'am. That's it. Is it?
2: Okay. All right. So. First thing is, this is something that I do just on a weekly basis because life is full for me right now, so I'm always running and doing something. Um, So I try to stay current on a, let's say, on a weekly basis. Number one, the main thing we avoid doing is having a weekly Sabbath rest. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your beliefs are about the Bible. But principles are principles, and that is you have to allow your body to rest. And so for me, because I'm a believer, I call it my Sabbath rest. Now, people will argue back and forth on which day the Sabbath is. That doesn't matter either. It matters that you're obeying the principles, and that is give your body six days of working, and you work it. You do what you do, okay? Have passion about it. But then on that sixth day, you shut it all down. That's principle number one. And the first thing on my Sabbath rest days, I literally, my kids call it pajama day, I literally call it pajama day, where we stay in our pajamas, we enjoy each other, we eat great food, I try to cook my food the day before, or if I don't cook anything, I just munch on things that are, I don't have to cook. In other words, no working. I stay in the home as much as possible unless it's just something I really want to do with my family, Um, and I shut it all down. I try to take my text, um, no texting, no phone calls, no emails. I really want to just be present, and I I will study, I'll read, I'll pray, I'll listen to music, I'll do things I want to do. I'll watch a movie, but it's just a, a... A day where I don't create any extra stress, we're not talking about bills, we're not talking about school grades, anything. It's just a day to rest. If the world was created in six days, and Father himself said he rested on the seventh day, what makes us think that we're better than him? And he doesn't need rest. So I follow that principle. That's number one. The other principle I follow is I try to stay current in my emotions. Um, And that is when you have hurt me, I don't say, well, that's all right. I I won't have anything else to do with you. No, because that's hurting me and you. Um, If you're doing something that's going to harm me and it's a matter of life and death, of course, obviously I'm not going to keep pursuing a relationship with you. You're unhealthy. But when someone has hurt you, you have to forgive quickly. Why? Because half the time they've gotten over it and you're still hanging on to it for five years, you know, and it's making you sick, not them. So I try my best to get over things very quickly. How do I do that, which is easier said than done. But what I do sometimes is I will sit and think of all the things that I have been forgiven of and how bad I have hurt other people. Then I have to reflect on that and say, you know what, Father, if you're willing to forgive my mess, what makes me think that I can hold on to somebody else's mess? just because they hurt me, because hurt people hurt people. So, therefore, I have to look at it. You know what? That person that drove by me and shot a bird, they may have had a really bad day. They may have just gotten fired. That person that cussed me out in customer service line, you know what? It's okay, because they may have just completed a divorce that day. You never know what the other person's going through. And if it's someone you're in a relationship with, You never know how Father is healing them from past trauma, drama. I've been married or married slash dating and with my husband 31 years. I had to pause and think about that. There's still stuff that we rub up against each other, and things are still being healed in him and in myself. So you have to just allow that person the space to heal and the space to hurt. And don't take everything so personal. So Sabbath rest. Be quick to forgive and not take everything personal. And then the third thing to make sure, of course, that you don't have disease is to eat properly. Um, That used to be number one, but actually now it's number three. And, of course, exercise. Everybody tells you to exercise, but, you know, it's the type of exercise too. So that's how you choose not to get into a state of disease or
1: dis-ease.
0: Yeah, and I take the Sabbath seriously too, is to be relaxed. And that's when I spend most of my time um, reading the Bible mm-hmm. or just having that time. And even, too, guarding your mind because a lot of times you will let things, you, you lay down and you can't shut something off. <laughs> mm-hmm, it's just flooding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your brain. And so you need a mm-hmm. gatekeeper and that, and, but you can't think nothing ugly. If you're reading mm-hmm. something out loud, so read the scriptures out loud, so that ugly thought, that's pretty good. I didn't feeling, think about that. <laughs> it'll go away. It it would disappear. It would go away. So we know that feelings are attached to so many of our health because the emotion. When I used to get upset, I used to get my stomach used to bother me, and that's that's your second brain is your gut, and mm-hmm. you've heard me share mm-hmm. hear that with you. The, the, that gut is your second brain, and your mm-hmm. emotions is tied there. Everything's tied in that second brain, which affects the first brain, which is on top of your head. That frontal mm-hmm, lobe mm-hmm. of your brain affects your emotions, your feelings, your attitudes, all that. Right. And you know we can right. contaminate it with what we eat, but we can also contaminate it with our emotions and our feelings. And dealing with those mm-hmm. feelings, uh, it's really, really powerful for us to do we're on a break Uh here and we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Letitia Jones and Marcia Thatterson on health on health and dealing with health and emotions so we'll be right back You're back on the D Hour Network. This is Marcia Thaddeuson for your help. We're sharing with you today about your emotions and your health and how your emotion has a profound effect on your health. Letitia. Yes, ma'am. I want to talk about the I wanna talk about the book you encouraged me to get. Feelings Bared Alive, Never Die. By Carol That's K. Correct. Truman. Man, if you guys have not gotten this book, you need to get this book. And one thing is because if I watch the evening news and I look at people, um, and I've shared this one on plenty of my shows in the past, is that food do have a profound effect on our behavior and our, um, our decision. White flour, white sugar, white rice, white salt. All that stuff has a profound effect on our health. And our judgment and our moods and our attitude and anger and anger or fear we said fear, anger comes from the liver, but fear comes from the kidney and you know fear right. is a dark place and a lot a lot of people are in are in that dark place because you know with fear, anger, depression, and so many people on um, antidepressant medication. I was back in 2013 when I went home. Um, For my mom's funeral And we were there And I I touched bases with a lot of families And friends that I hadn't seen in years Because I now live in Atlanta, Georgia And I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin But as I'm having a conversation With people I haven't seen in many years And the first thing they're telling me Is how depressed they are Or they're on antidepressant medication And that kind of stuff And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And sure enough, you know um, You know Talking about things being unforgiveness, uh, anger, bitterness, all this stuff. They had so much of the baggage. But one thing I was able to notice is their diet. Their diet, you know, was full of carbs, sugar, the white stuff. It was just full of it. But I want to touch base right. with a little bit on the book um, fear. And fear a lot of people have fear of their health, of cancer, right? death, poverty, to so the job. Or the future. Some people just afraid of the future. Um, the fear of failure, no control, loss of a loved one, right. accident, fear of getting old. Some people have fear of getting old or being alone mm-hmm. and um, a fear of success. And sometimes right. people may establish their own self. And so this book talks about all these fears. And once we come to grips with what making us feel, fearful and deal with that fear. It's kind of looking like there's a boogeyman in a closet and you're afraid to open that closet. And I think mm-hmm. we have to open that closet to our emotions so we'd be able to move on because what we're doing is transferring those negative emotions to other people that are around us that cares for us. Mainly our children because a lot of times the children get the bulk of what mom and daddy is angry or upset with so the kids get the wrath of that, and they can't say nothing back, you know. <laughs> they usually have to take it. So let's talk about that right. a little bit on how you deal with that, with uh, some of the things from this book, because I know you are okay. a big advocate on this book. Well, one of the
2: things is as far as the prevention of even going to the disease. Let me explain the difference. Once you're already diagnosed with something, there's one protocol. But to prevent from being diagnosed with something, normally we start out with symptoms, and fear is one of those symptoms. So what you do is um, you actually have to write down or acknowledge what the long list of fear is. And it's fun- funny that you said that, Marcia, because I used to walk around with the fear of failure and the fear of success. So think about it, fear of failure and fear of success. That means you're not moving. Because you don't want to mess up. So for years I was stuck in this place, and it was back and forth. I used to have anxiety attacks so, oh, my gosh, they were crazy. I felt like I was having a heart attack, and I would lay on the floor and count my pulse beats and count my heart, and just to make sure I was okay, talk myself off the ledge. And finally one day it got so bad, I go to the emergency room. I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack. Well, if you say the word heart attack when you go to the hospital or a heart, they will actually triage and make sure that you're at the front of the line. So they took me back, took my blood, and said if there's one enzyme present, then that means that you are in fact having a heart attack. So here I am. Think about it. I'm going there because of an anxiety attack and fear. Now I'm sitting in this room with anxiety and fear waiting on the results of the anxiety and the fear. Isn't that crazy? So I was so I was so messed up, and my husband, bless his heart, he is calm as Kool Aid. Okay, so I'm up here thinking, oh my goodness, my heart. And he's up here watching the ball game in the emergency room. I'm like, okay. So, and it's not that he didn't care. It's just that what can he do, right? So I go back to the room. His presence, I, I, his point of view was. My presence was there to support you and just be with you. I'm like, uh-huh, you're yeah, right. You were trying to see the game. So I go to the back in the back room where they're going to give me the results, right? I'm by myself, right? So I just reached my hand out and touched the vial of blood, and I said, Father, you know what? We're not going to have any enzymes in this blood. You're going to tell me what is the source of all this fear. So. After they came back, of course, the test was negative. I was not having a heart attack. But I was having a serious anxiety attack that was making my blood pressure go up just a little bit, and I don't have high blood pressure at all. So I go out to the lobby, and a friend of mine is there. Her name is Jill. She was very sweet. And she brought every oil she could think of i mean she she's an oil dealer, you know I mean, just like they're drug dealers, they're oil dealers. So she came in with her oil, <laughs> and she's the one that taught taught me about the oil, so I knew what, I knew she knew what she was talking about, and she had this small one, and it's rose, right? Rose essential oil is the most expensive, so one little five milliliter bottle is almost two hundred dollars, so I know this girl loved me, okay. So she comes in, and she says, all I want you to do is sniff this. Sniff it really hard like you're sniffing cocaine. I'm looking at her like, how do you know how to sniff cocaine? But, you know, it's like don't ask questions. Just do it. So I sniffed, and it, I could feel it go up to my nostrils, right? And as it went up to my nostrils, it goes to the brain. You have a blood-brain barrier that everything can't go to the brain because that will kill you. But the oils will penetrate that blood-brain barrier and allow them, because the molecules are small enough, to go through the olfactory, go through the nose, and to the brain. Well, the brain is where the fear is stored. So here I am sniffing this oil, and it goes straight to my amygdala, straight to the frontal lobe, straight to all – it just bathes your brain, right? So rose essential oil. And within about 15 minutes, my pressure started to go down. I started to be all calm again. And then when they came back and told me the results were negative, I was like, awesome. I went home pretty happy, right? That's when I started experimenting more with different oils and different combinations. But rose will definitely affect the heart. So all of a sudden, that panic and anxiety and those heavy heartbeats, they stopped all because I'm sitting there sniffing rose essential oil. And I know everybody in the lobby was like, what is she sniffing? Whatever it is, I need some. Because I was so happy when I left. But it I had to go <laughs> through that crisis so that I could be on the phone to tell people you're not going crazy when things are happening to you. So I had to deal with that fear. So on my list was um, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of dying. Oh, my gosh. It was just on and on and on. And, I finally got to the point where I'm now healed of those things, but they were stimulated because as a baby inside of my mother's womb, when she was five months pregnant, my mother contemplated killing herself. So, therefore, that fear gripped and attached itself to, guess what, me. Even in the womb, our children feel our emotions.
1: And so that was
0: the root and where it came from. Yeah, and people don't realize, and that's when I was talking, when we had the midwives on, we had the doulas on, and talking about how important it is for the mom to be calm because the emotion, and not just what she eats, but things that she put in her body prior to, before she's pregnant and while she's pregnant, has a profound effect on the that baby that's going to be in her womb. But, you know, teaching us how to be calm, um, you know, another thing, um, talking about essential oil, I was at the Western Price Conference a couple of years back. Remember I went to the one in Los Angeles that you helped me with? The, you I Remember do. that? Yes. And I'm uh, talking to, I was sitting next to a lady whose daughter had brain cancer, and she was mm. talking about how um, they all they used was essential oil on her. Before the surgery Mm -hmm. and after the surgery. And then there was some essential oil she was taking internally. She did not lose her hair. She did not have all the other issues. I mean, where she cut, that was where the mark was, the surgery. But going completely bald, she did not go completely bald. She bounced back, and she no longer had breast cancer, I mean brain cancer. She is a healthy, I think she was... uh, 16 at the time that I was at that event, uh, 16-year-old uh, doing what a 16-year-old do, and they couldn't find any of that. And so, you know, essential oils, and, you know, putting essential oils in the um, effusor so you can breathe it in the house or calm you down in right. your environment is important. And, you know, right. I think, too, what you listen to because your eyes and your ears, it's a gate. Uh-huh. So what you focus in right. on and listening to. I remember when I worked for deluxe check printing company about 15 years ago. It was over 15 uh-huh. years ago. Oh, how old was Asha? 20? So it's over 30-some years ago now. Oh, Lord. But anyway, I worked for this company, and it wasn't that many african American working there. And one of the young men had just started working. It was an African-American young guy, and him and I were only two in our department. And it was about a 30-minute drive back to Milwaukee because we were working in New Berlin. And he would tell me at lunch, he says, I can't take it. I said, what you can't take? He says, I can't take the traffic. I'm, I'm angry. I'm, uh, by the time I get home, I'm frustrated. And I asked him, I said, what kind of music are you listening to when you drive? He ah. says, uh, uh, rap. Oh, whatever. And I said, I don't listen to that. I listen to jazz. I listen to a Christian station. So a lot of times I don't even realize I'm home. It's kind of like, wait a minute, I'm parked in front of my house. I don't even know how I got there because I'm so in listening to the music or the story (laughs) or what's going on that if there was any chaotic stuff going on, I missed it. I didn't see it. I didn't get it attached to me. And I said, change what you're putting in your ears. And in your eyes Mm -hmm. before you get there, because that sees your soul, that sees that what's in that gut, because the guts down there in the soul. So you know, telling people with your emotions, your feelings, change what you're listening to and what you're looking at. Because if you're looking at violence a lot, you're gonna be, that's gonna penetrate into you, into who you are and what you are, what you say and how you respond to people. So. And another thing people don't do enough of, take bath and to relax and detox in the tub to get these emotions right. out, to relax their muscles and their bones, is to lay there and sweat out the toxins from your environment of sweating or just laying there sweating. I think it's great to do that because sweat relieves the toxin out your body. We're gonna, so we talked about fear gripping fear mm-hmm. and I know about fear, you know, because like you said you you're afraid to move and challenge yourself sometimes of of failure. But, you know, you have to do that. You have to you have to make that faith a walk and say, you know what? It's a walk faith. And then two, failure is not a bad thing. It's a lesson no. learned that okay, I cannot do this again. I need to do something else. So it can be a measuring rod for us to do things better, or to try something else. Because you know they say only a fool keeps doing something the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So right. we can use that as a way of um, learning from. It's fear, and it's a good thing. Right. In this book, in this book, um, it talks about lung can- uh, dealing with your lungs. Um, Lock jaw, the fear of rage, wanting to control, inability to express how one feels. Uh, it breaks uh-huh. it down on different illnesses and what is triggering those illnesses um, for people. And uh-huh. the flu, fear. Girl, how many people, this flu shot thing, people running and getting everybody back, you know, you know. With the shots and then the people that's getting the shot is getting the flu because the flu is in the vaccination I mean in the shot itself right so right. Um, what other thing can we share with people about calming down we talk about essential oil because I know essential oils are very helpful even with calming children down uh, having those smells of uh, essential oils talk about the different uh, ways essential oils can help too with Calming people down with their emotions
2: Well I love the fact that Because the, emotion, the uh, Essential oils are from the plants And the plants are for The healing of the nation My mother-in-law Bless her soul She's gone now But she lived with us At um, at one point when she had Her Alzheimer's And I was at wit's end at what to do because I was giving her all the right foods, And physically, she was stronger than me. <laughs> I mean, she was about the same size. So if she kind of wanted to get a little rough. I mean, I had to kind of make sure I was protected. But my mother-in-law would have episodes, and I didn't know how to reach her. And so I just kind of started praying for wisdom. I was like, what can I do? And it just hit me like a bolt of light, the essential oil. So I would put a diffuser on. Because oils, they enter the nose and they enter the brain. So they're bathing the brain constantly with the oils, which causes us to have correct perspective and correct emotion. And I would wear it as perfume because, I mean, a couple of times she got a little, you know, violent, but it was like, all right, I would wear it as perfume. I would diffuse it throughout the house. And this woman calms down. Nobody could understand it. It was like, what is going on with grandma? She would sit, be sitting in the corner, reading her Bible, or just, you know, reading a book. And, and my husband would walk in and go, what happened? I'm like, nothing. We're good. Whereas before, it was always, what happened? It was like, well, the front window's broken. Well, she ran away today. So once I learned to use the oils to my advantage, that is what helps her to calm down. So... You can smell them, you can put them on your body physically um, and anoint certain areas like I did with a woman that had the breast cancer. So um, so my mother-in-law was an example of inhaling them. My panic attack was an example of inhaling them. And then, of course, the woman with the cancer was physical. But I put the oils in my food as well. Um, I take frankincense, but it has to be pure Don't go out and just buy anybody's frankincense and put it in your body. I toured the Young Living facility um, back in, I believe it was 2011, because I never want to put my name and my endorsement on something that I have not used or seen personally and up close. So I toured the facility. Their plants are organic. I saw how they take the plants and distill the oils, and I walked through the whole process, and I was satisfied. So that's when I felt safe enough to put them in my body. Those are the Young Living oils. They are more expensive than the oil you're going to get out of the local health food store. However, I know what's in it. I know the integrity behind it. And I know that essential oils have to be distilled at a temperature that is below um, boiling point, number one, because temperature is too high. You will distill the oil and you will kill the medicinal quality. So in other words, you'll still have lavender smell, but you won't have the lavender medicinal part because lavender lowers blood pressure. So you have to make sure you're getting a company that's reputable. So, that is, so you can physically put them on your body, you can inhale them, and then you can take them internally. So I put um, sometimes up to eight drops of frankincense, let's say in a smoothie or in my water or in a capsule if I'm not feeling like eating at the time. And frankincense is one of those oils that is for everything, A to Z. Whatever it is, it will help the body. Now, I'm not prescribing frankincense. I want you to understand that. Frankincense is a natural substance that goes in and helps your body build your immune system so that your body can do the fighting, okay? So that's how I use my essential oils. Um, when people have issues with high blood pressure, I like for them to use lavender. I was at a health fair, and I had the lavender doing an experiment, and it was so funny. There was this guy, Marshall, that was next to me, and he was testing everybody's blood pressure and telling them don't eat salt and all this bad stuff, right, and, and tell them not to eat the bad stuff, <laughs> which is good. And then they would leave his booth because I lured them over with food, so they would come over and eat my food, right? And I said, oh, by the way, while you're here, I heard them talking to me about your blood pressure. How about you sip a little bit of this kombucha? So I'm passing out, you know, dessert and kombucha. And they're like, sure. But what they didn't know is I placed the kombucha with lavender, okay? The woman came. I said, do me a favor. Walk around about 15 minutes or so and then go back and let that guy test your blood pressure. She was like, but it's always one. <laughs> she said, it's always at this number. And she gave me her number. I said, yeah, whatever. She goes, even with medicine, it's with this number. I said, uh huh. Okay, just do what I said. She's like, all right, fine. So she ate my food. She drank the kombucha with the lavender in it. She took off, right? It was probably mm-hmm. about 30 minutes later, instead of 15, she, ca- she started charging at me from across the room. I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm like 5'1", one, and I'm 125 pounds, soaking wet, 130 sometimes, and I'm like, this lady's about to attack me. So she is running toward me. She's got this look on her face of intensity, and I'm thinking, A, she about to fight, or B, she about to come get me because something is not right. You can just tell. She got to me. She said. What did you put in that drink? I said lavender, because I had all my oil, o- oils out on the t- I had them all out on the table, right? So you know I wasn't hiding anything. And she said, "What is this stuff?" And I started explaining. I said, "Why are you asking?" Because she act like she was angry. She said, "I don't know what you did to me, but my blood pressure never goes below 140 on the top number." I said, "What was it?" She said, "It was actually normal for the first time." And I was like, "Whoa!" Wow. And she said, "I." And she was like, and I haven't even had my medicine yet. So I'm like, see, what I'm trying to tell you is if you do it correctly, then your body knows what to do. It will self correct. So she started drinking the lavender kombucha. And now you can go in the store and buy, guess what?
0: Lavender kombucha. Lavender kombucha. Yeah. 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 Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I got some kombucha brewing now and I do have some essential I got a couple small bottles of essential oil, but you know I never think about putting essential oil in my kombucha. That is a great okay. idea.
2: Now you know why it works, because number one, there's some science behind it. The kombucha goes into the body as a probiotic. Probiotic goes to the small intestines to help build the immune system. Because you have bacteria in your gut in your small intestine, mm-hmm. you have good bacteria and you have bad bacteria. The kombucha goes down there to fight the battle, and it decreases the bad bacteria and helps to increase the good bacteria, right? So oh, my right. logic was right. send the send the That's oil good. and the lavender That's to good. the
1: same place
0: and let them fight.
1: And, Damn. hey, it works that every single time. It
0: works. And, it works. And we need to explain to the Explain to our listening audience who do not know what kombucha is because the and I both oh. make kombucha and we also do teaching on kombucha. And so I sell to keep uh, the kombucha mother starters, but tell, tell our listening audience, what is kombucha? Moonshine. No, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. Well, you know um,
0: time when you ferment it, Sometimes I ferment it on my little phone, and after I had, to yeah. uh, go to taste it. And girl, I'm like, oh, I better go. I, I better go to bed now. Oh, I'm feeling good. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly,
1: cause it's
2: moonshine. But anyway, um, it is. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep it legal. It is actually, it is actually tea. Um, tea or I use organic tea leaves, and I make a, I brew a pot of black tea. Um, and then I sweeten it with, y'all going to really think I'm cuckoo, but I sweeten it with white sugar, and here's why, because you're about to grow a bacteria. So the bacteria needs the sugar in order to populate. So what I do is I make the tea, I sweeten it with the sugar, and then I add um, a batch of already made kombucha, like a little starter, maybe four ounces of it, to the batch and I put over it a scoby. The scoby is a colony of bacteria, and it looks like one big mushroom, so you call it a mushroom, so you sit that on top. And this thing is alive, y'all. It starts moving and pulsating and bur- burping. and I mean, it's, like, amazing to sit there and watch it. It looks kind of creepy. But then when you're done, you peel the mother back, and you take the liquid and you drain it and you strain it, you know, make sure it's nice and pristine. It looks like um champagne. It has bubbles and effervescence depending on how long you let it sit. I do mine for ten days. How long do you do yours, Marsha?
1: I
0: did mine for fourteen.
2: That's
1: probably why I was oh, gonna right. go to bed. Yeah, that's <laughs> why you have that's why you had moonshine. I had kombucha. You had moonshine. But anyway,
2: uh, after about 10, ten days, um, you take it off and you then you put it in bottles and then you let it sit if you can for about three to four more days. It's really hard to do because you want to drink it. But it has a slight, slight vinegar, lemony kind of taste depending on how you make yours. Mm-hmm. And because it's a living bacteria, it's going to taste different in my house versus Marsha's house versus my neighbor's house because it's taking all the bacteria that's floating around in your home and actually pulling it in and growing a healthy bacteria. I know that sounds really weird, but it is a probiotic drink. That is kind of like the summary of it. A probiotic capsule has billions with a B like Bob, but kombucha has trillions like a T, like Tom. So you go from billions to trillions, just by drinking a kombucha drink, so imagine what's happening when you add an essential oil to that. It's like on octane, so it's really cool
0: yeah and but then too, like you said, it's really healthy, and the sugar that she's pouring in there because I use organic sugar and it's it's getting eaten up by the scoby the scoby or the mother or the mushroom is getting it eats up that sugar and it needs it but but the great thing about when you're making your own kombucha. And you put the scoby in or the mother, it makes another one that they call a baby. So as it ferments, it's fermenting. This is called a fermented drink. As it's fermenting, mm-hmm. um, the mother, which the original one that you add in there, and then there's another one that's growing on top, which we call I call a baby. So you get a baby. So you're actually going to have. They keep growing and growing and growing that you have plenty of them to. Pass out to families and friends, but what's great about it now, you know, Whole Foods Trader, uh, I think Trader Joe's, and a lot of these stores sells kombucha, and it's, it's not that cheap either. It's pretty expensive. I think it can be about what, four dollars a bottle, or three dollars, three fifty a bottle, something like that. It's about three oh, fifty a, $3.50 but, a bottle, but
2: but <laughs> when you learn how to make it yourself, it ends up being like maybe. 30 or 40 cents per bottle because you're using, all you know, just your water and your tea. I use organic tea but not organic sugar because I figure if the bacteria needs sugar to grow, then I'm going to give it the bad stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So so mine are like, you know, superhuman. They have all these pulsating going on because that sugar is just lighting them up, right? But it's consuming all the sugar so that you're not consuming it. And it's leaving behind the effervescence and the bubbles. Um, so and, and the, the 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 kombucha is awesome. Awesome. All of my children grew up from the kombucha, and we didn't do the flu shots. We didn't have the colds, and you know all the fevers. Mm-hmm. I have it, yep, my eleven yep. year old. Mm-hmm. My eleven year old, y'all, has never, ever, as my daughter says, pever. Um, she has never had a shot ever. Um, We don't do the immunizations for her, and she's 11, and she's never been sick. I mean, it's like the rest of us may be, you know, like my husband may bring home a germ, and my body will fight it. And then my son may go down for the count, but this little girl, mm -mm, she's looking at us like, why y'all feeling bad? You know, because she doesn't have the drugs and the pharmaceuticals in her body. She's never had a drug. Except for this one time, I gave her one dose of an uh, antibiotic because something she had like a a, a a boil on her foot that would not I, I would pop it and it kept coming back. But anyway, I gave her the antibiotic because I got a little nervous. I didn't want her to get blood poisoning. But then I was like, you know what? I know what to do for this. So one dose of the antibiotic. My daughter said to me, and I quote, "This tastes like poison." And I stopped for a minute, and and I said, you know what, this is poison. And we just put the jar aside, I mean, the bottle aside, and I said, all right, I'm going to pray, we're going to do this, this, and this, and that boil dried up on her foot. I used lemongrass on, on it topically, and then I started giving her essential oils in a spoonful of honey, and having her to take it internally, and it was gone within a few days and we went back to the doctor and of course I, I always check in with the doctor. I don't necessarily always do what they say do, but I check in with the doctor because they have the tests and the equipment to diagnose and do all that stuff. So we went back and she was perfectly fine. Um, but that child has mm-hmm. never had a shot. And and, and Marsha used to call her the kombucha baby because that's all she drank. <laughs> That's all she drank <laughs> yep. until
0: That's she was
2: about daughter. four. The kombucha baby, yes. The kombucha yeah. baby It's like, and she would ask for, and she would say, "Bucha, mommy, bucha, mommy," and I was like, "What is she saying?" <laughs> She's asking for kombucha. <laughs> the
0: kombucha, bucha, mommy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna take another break. We're gonna come. Take another break because we're on the D-Hour Network. This is Marcia Statterson with Letitia Jones for your health, and we're talking about emotions and our health. We'll be right back. All right, let me do something. Hold on, I'm here. Are you still there? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Hold on. All right, just bear with me. Um. All right, let's, let's share anything else you want to share with the listening audience while I get this music together here on this end. Okay, no problem. Leticia? Um,
2: yes, can you still hear me?
0: I can still hear you. Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay, awesome. Um, One of the things you want to do as you're dealing with any type of diagnosis, um, you don't want to immediately stop your medicine. I never encourage people to do that. My family has never been on medicine, so we approach things a little differently. Um, But if you are on medication, that means you put the poison in your system already. So you have to wean off of it carefully, and you have to be supervised to do that because you don't know what dosage you need to take and, and how to decrease it correctly. And so now, the awesome thing about the essential oils, because they are natural medicines, they will not contraindicate a lot of times with what you are already doing. Just don't take them at the same time. So wait about two, three hours after your medication, then start doing your therapeutic oils, and you should be perfectly fine. Um, But you wouldn't want to mix them together because that would amplify the medication just like it amplifies other things. Um, I think that's about it as far as the essential oils is concerned. Um, But enjoy, have fun with the oils because they are for emotional things as well as physical things. And go with a company that you trust and that you know is not just going after the dollar and giving you – cheap oils, giving you oils that are adulterated with coconut oil in order to stretch it and to make a profit. Um, and then as far as emotions are concerned, there's actually a certain script that I go through, and we can share that after the break when I'm going through my essential oils, because you have to speak out loud certain things, because faith comes by hearing. All right,
0: we got that together. Thank you, Latisha. We'll be right back on the d Network. Let's see if you You're back on the D-Hour Network. This is Marsha Thatterson for Your help with Letitia Jones. I just want to remind our listening audience, to all our listening audience, this program and radio show advice, all the information presented here is for the purpose of information and education. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis or treatment for any illness or injury or condition. For prevention of any health problem, the listening audience should consult with their licensed practitioner or their doctor for proper diagnosis or treatment. We're sharing with you what we've learned, what we've done, and what others have done. So if you have any conflict of your health interest, please talk with your doctor and, you know, make that journey together for your health to make sure it's better. Letitia, I want to go back to the book because I really like this book. And, you know, my, uh, my daughter and I, Martina, have done this a couple of times in the past. When someone was diagnosed with an illness, we'll go to the book because in the book it has a list of different um, diagnoses for depression or diabetes or diarrhea, dizziness, and it would list the things that can link from an emotional standpoint how you and why you may have this disease, which, and you know what? Every last one is always on point, okay? It just blows my mind. Because I'm looking at here for depression. It says feeling um, um, I've never been able to be enough or do enough. Feeling like I'm no use. Feeling there's no thing beyond, uh, things are out of my control. I have no control of anything. Hopelessness, helplessness feeling uh, feeling like quitting or giving up, anger turned inward, insufficient exposure to sunlight. And we're in the winter season, and usually around about Christmas holiday, and that's the reason why I um, brought this emotion things up, people are sad. Depressed, maybe because they're not married, they don't have no loved one, or they're uh, they just find this season. They said it's usually where people do more suicide or have a depression time, you know, because of the holiday and because of the season. We, you know, it's dark when you get up and it's dark when you come home, and many of us do not get outside and get any vitamin D. Vitamin D is. So essential. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh,
2: talk about the vitamin D, or yes, ma'am,
0: so. and the depression.
2: Yes, yes. Okay. Um, exactly. The vitamin D is actually a hormone, um, rather than a vitamin. It's kind of mislabeled there, but vitamin D is a hormone that affects all of the other hormones in the body. So essentially you go outside, and the darker the skin, the longer you have to stay outside um, in the sun. And can you still hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. I, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure. So the darker the skin, the longer you have to stay out in the sun in order for it to absorb and affect the body. So your body absorbs the rays. Those rays are converted into the vitamin D by the liver. And then once the vitamin D is in your system, then it actually causes you, A, to have lower blood pressure. It starts to calm the body. Um, The vitamin D helps to affect the depression, as in it lifts the mood. It gives different chemicals to the brain, um, affects the hormones in such a way where your thyroid is operated by hormones, your pancreas is operated by hormones. Um, not just the ovaries and the testicles like most people think. So diabetes can be affected by just having the right level of hormones as well. Depression, here we go. There's a spiritual aspect to depression, okay? You have to deal with that. And then there's a – I put a woman one time on a smoothie, okay? She was a believer already, but I put her on a smoothie that had goji berries, almond milk, Um, raw chocolate, raw cacao nibs, and I put, I think we put vitamin D drops in it, but it was a whole combination of things, and the doctor had her on two different types of medicine. She said, I can't even function. I can't get up. The medicine even makes me lethargic and sleepy and tired, and so we slowly, with the help of her doctor, weaned her off the medication, and she was drinking this smoothie once, twice a day, and now she's out back in the work world. She's raised two children. She's living her life now. But before, her life was on hold because the depression had her in the house, couldn't function, and then the medication didn't necessarily help. So you have to deal with the root cause um, of the, the depression. And then after you deal with that, of course, you're going to change the eating. But then you have to walk through the trauma healing, I call it, the emotional trauma relief for the depression, so I'm going to give an example of what to do for that. Is that okay?
0: Yes, ma'am. Can you yes. hear me? Um,
2: yes. Definitely. Okay. All, all right. So the first thing you do is if you're feeling depressed, all right. You write down, all right, depression, and then you write down all the reasons why you think you're depressed, all right. So that becomes the basis for your your script. And I'm going to give an example. I'm depressed because I lost my husband this time of year, you know, and you start thinking about those things. Well, what I do when I work with people is I have essential oils that I use, and they're in three categories. You have the essential oils that are called phenols, okay? Phenols are like anything with an O-L at the end is like alcohol. Um, Those things purify, they cleanse, they purge. So you use a phenol first so that they go into the receptor sites, they go into the brain, and they start to purify the cells, okay? Then the second oil that I use is a sesquiterpin. I try to spell that three times. But sesquiterpin it goes in and it stops the reproduction of the negative RNA and DNA that's going in. It's like a loop in your brain telling you to think and to feel a certain way. So I want to stop the current situation. Then the third thing I do is I layer on a um, monoterpin and a monoterpin essential oil will go in and mend that part of the brain that's having the problem or not transmitting correctly. So um, when you put it all together, it spells PMS, but it's purify, um, mend, and stop. But um, there are certain oils, that are in those categories. So an an example of a phenol would be something like peppermint or wintergreen, something strong. An example of a sesquiterpene would be frankincense or cedarwood. They're very calming. And then you have the monoterpene, which is grapefruit, the citrus oils like lemon, orange, things of that nature. So once you layer on these oils, it takes about two minutes for the oils to get into the body. Then it takes about 20 minutes for to, for the oils to saturate every cell in your body. You're just saturated. And then it takes two hours they remain in your system. So during that two hours is when I like to work with people because they're open and they're vulnerable and they're ready to work on the issue. So
1: you layer
2: on the three oils, and then you walk through. So the example I use is I am feeling depressed because I lost my husband this time last year, okay? So what you do is you have to choose. You are a triune being. You have a mind, will, and emotion, okay? You have a soul, you have a body, and you have a spirit. But for science sake, you have mind, will, and emotion when we're dealing with the brain, all right? So your will is something that you choose. Your will is the gatekeeper. As long as you choose, to remain depressed, you will, okay? Then you have your emotions. Once the gate is lifted and you have chosen with your will to heal, then the emotions are exposed. And once you go in and start dealing with the emotions, that's where the oils come in. And then the very last thing is the mind is changed. The RNA and the DNA in your body actually changes when you go through this process. So you have to create a script. So keep it very simple. And the opposite of I am depressed is I am joyful, I am elated, I am happy, I am fulfilled, okay? So you take the opposite. So you say, I choose to be fulfilled, choose to have joy, okay? Then the next thing you say is, I feel joy flooding every cell in my body. And then the third stage is, I am joyful. You're making a declaration, I am joyful. So once you walk through all three of those steps, through every negative emotion or every reason you're depressed, that's your script. And you keep doing this, and normally it happens instantly. But if you've been on medication or you've been dealing with depression for a while, you may have to do it for a week. You may have to do it for a month, depending on how that mindset has created grooves in your brain. So you may have to undo and work a little bit harder. So I've never seen anybody have to go more than 30 days. I, was, I always have to be the lab rat. So I was the one that had to go beyond 30 days. It was like I did, it was 30 days exact. <laughs> you know, it's like I always have to go through the hard way so I can tell somebody else. But I went through dealing with that fear that we talked about, and every day I had an appointment. I would get up. I would, you know, take take my shower, clean up. I wouldn't eat breakfast, but I would, you know, make sure I was all cleaned up and awake and alert. And I would go into my closet, my just my bedroom closet, and I would put on these oils. And I was so deep, I didn't do the purify, the mend, and the sesquiterp. I did them all. I just lined them all up. I was like, I don't know which one's going to work. We're going to use them all. And at the time, I had the 12 oils of ancient scripture, and those are the ones that are only found in the Bible, because I didn't want to be doing any kind of hoodoo crazy stuff. So I used um, frankincense, myrrh, um, myrtle, things like that, um, cedarwood, and I put those on every single day for 30 days. And I actually, every day, something new would pop up. Um, It may have been a fear of death one day, it may have been a fear of, not being successful. It may have been a fear of being robbed or raped or whatever, but every day a different fear popped up. And I remember on the very last day, on the 30th day, right, so I show up for my appointment, I put on my oils, my pen is in my hand, and I'm ready to write, right? Nothing pops up. So I pray. I'm like, all right, Father, I'm here. I'm ready for my session. Nothing pops up. And finally I realized he spoke to my heart. I realized I was done, and on that thirtieth day, I just wrote in my journal, "It is done," and I didn't have to deal with the fear anymore. Because think about it, I had been dealing with fear since I was in my mother's womb at five months old, and here I am now as an adult, having to go back all the way back to every one of those fears that had haunted me since the day of the amazing, wow. the day that I was, the day that I was finished. It was like. Wow. And then, of course, I enjoyed the journey so much, I started dealing with other issues, you know. So now I would say I'm actually pretty normal right about now.
0: <laughs> but and you know, a while. we talk about what you, you said something about I am, you know, speaking those words. You know, I had a little book, and I, I think I shared it with you, Hung by the Tongue, and yes. written by a pastor. It's the power of the spoken word. So we talked about food contaminating us, and we talked about our feelings and our emotions contaminating us. Now we got to talk about the words that come out of our mouths that we say affect, I'm sick, I don't feel good, or the um, negative things you say about others, you know, yourself
2: We say stuff all the time like, you get on my nerves, and then you wonder why you got nerve issues. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> or you, think about it. We say it with such conviction, okay? We say, you make me sick, and then next thing you know, you sick. Okay. <laughs> because
0: yeah, power yeah.
2: of life and death is in the tongue. Yes,
0: yeah, it's in the tongue. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so that little now, book, tongue by tongue. I don't, I don't, tongue. Yeah.
2: I don't I, now I don't say stuff like that. It's like if somebody's really working me, I'll say, you know what? You're making me (laughs) better.
0: Yes, you're not gonna claim them words, and you know, and my thing is, old saying: if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all, and learn to guard your mouth over what you guard your mouth or what you speak over your children, yourself, your finances, everything, because life and death, as you say, is in the power of tongue. So we talked about food. Previously, as being um, one that can affect our health, our feelings, and our emotions. Now we're talking about the spoken word because the spoken word—that's how the earth was created, that's how life was created. Right. And John, I think right. it's John one fourteen. He says the living, the word became life and lived among us. And you know, meaning Yeshua Jesus Christ, He was the spoken word. He was the living word. So right. we have right. that power in us. And that's why I've taken time i think um my daughter martina um oprah did a i think it was a podcast on being grateful, and it was so powerful to me that I went out and bought a little book at the dollar store and I sat down i've been writing i'm grateful so every morning I'm speaking gratefulness and speaking positive over my life and I't went through about uh-huh. three or four of those little journals already but we want people to understand that your health not just have to do with food, exercise, uh-huh. it has to do with uh-huh. your emotions and in the spoken words that you speak, not just for yourself, but what you speak over yourself, your children, your coworkers or anyone, you know, because words are powerful and they they are a seed and it and if you cursing someone else, you forget that if that curse is on you. So we have to clean As up ourselves. A, yes.
2: There, there was, there was a time where I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, and you know your friends love you when they correct you, right? So my girlfriend, I used to say, "Girl, you are crazy." She stopped me in the middle of my sentence. She says, "No, I'm not. I have the mind of Messiah." I was like, "Whoop!" <laughs> so, so what happens yeah. is sometimes even our little colloquial expressions of Endearment with each other You know, like, girl, you crazy It's like, no, wait, hold up I have a sound mind And I love that Because <laughs> even even in the joking Our words are important
0: Correct, and you know, I say this I've said this many times on my blog talk radio That I remember my grandmother Who lived to be 105 And as a little girl We used to go down to Louisiana And visit her in Baton Rouge And she'd get up in the morning She said, Lord Thank you for waking me up in my right mind. She would say that. Mm. And how many people nowadays are not in their right mind? We're talking about depression, dem- right. dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh, so many people on so much medication, they're not even there. They're like zombies. So being right. in that right mind. And so I remember her saying that. So, you know, and I look, I claim that I thank you for being in my right mind. And stuff, but we're going to take another break. And Letitia, when we come back, uh, do you staff have information where people can order the essential oils from you?
2: I do. Um, it, if they're ordering through Young Living, yes,
0: I do. Okay, well, we could take a break and we're going to give them that great information. I want to thank you guys for listening, but we're going to take a break on the D Hour Network. You're back on the D-Hour Network. This is Marsha Thaddeuson with Letitia Jones. Tonight we're talking about our emotions and our health and how it's connected because we are the food, our feelings, and even our words has a profound effect on our health. All right, Letitia, you want to give us some information on how anyone interested in uh, the essential oils and how they can get it some from you?
2: Um, yes. You the name of the company that I always use is young Living Essential oils um and they've been around for oh my gosh years um over twenty five years, I believe it is and so they can either contact me, which my number is pretty simple it's four zero four five seven four three thousand um once again, that's four zero four. Five seven four three thousand. Because I have been with them so long, I receive a, a tremendous discount. So I'm willing to pass that discount along to other people as well. And then um, you can you can text me or leave me a voicemail, and then I will send you for you the information on how you can call Young Living and order your oils with my member number. And when you do that, um, it allows you to have a discount as well.
0: So I thank you, but, you know, what do we want to leave the listening audience with as far as their emotions? And I know um, a lot of people, you're looking at the news, you're looking at what's going on, people are stressed out. You know, the government has shut down for I don't know how long it's going to be, and that people worrying about paying their bills, taking care of their kids. And we want people – one thing I've learned from listening to Oprah – her podcast is living in the moment. I can't change what I think may happen tomorrow. I can't change mm-hmm. what happened last year or ten years ago. I have to live in the present and learn how to be still and to know that the Creator I serve knows the beginning from the end. He know, and a lot of times, even the bad things we're going through is to strengthen us and to make us better. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to use that as a tool to realize this is to help us to grow. And to be wise and that even the junk that we messed up and did is to help some other young person so they don't have to go down that road or take that avenue. You know
1: exactly, listen, um, exactly.
0: I messed up. So you don't have to mess up. So I can let me save you let me save you some heartache. Let me save you some money <laughs> and let me give you some wisdom. So, you know, um, one thing I've learned to do when I'm, um, I am I want to feel better or I feel like I'm boxing a corner or I feel like I, I'm not moving the way I want to, I have to pull myself back and realize this is a process, and this process is to strengthen me. And what I do, I love to take a hot bath that relaxes me, you know, taking a nice warm bath that always relaxes me. Um, I've been going to the Jason spa sweating, uh, making that a, a regular trip to go there and sweat and detox and relax. And that really helps a lot, too. But uh, mm. laughter, laughter is a good medicine. And I'm telling you guys, um, I love going on the Internet and pulling up just for laughs. This um, mm. is out of the U.K., it's something like candid camera that used to be for those I'm old school, candy camera used to come on and they used to go out and uh, prank people and laugh. Oh my goodness. It never fails. Every time I turn just the laugh on, I'm I'm rolling. It is so funny to me. And <laughs> laughter is a good medicine. It is a good medicine. Yes. So find something that's good humor 'cause you know, some people like bad humor to laugh. <laughs> That's right, a good right. humor and that will make you laugh, I mean, finding some, you know, Amos and Andy or that's really, really old or the, I, I didn't like the three stooges that constantly hitting on each other. That wasn't that wasn't humor to me. But, you know, some people like that kind of <laughs> stuff. But, you know, find what makes you laugh and find that, that place. Eating healthy. Mm-hmm. healthy thinking, helping feelings about your emotion and Leticia again when you talked about writing out and that's why I have a journal because I do write out my feelings. I do write out my emotion um how I'm feeling so I've had several I've been doing journaling for a long time. So I think that it will help, you know, or finding someone that you can share that you can trust. To share your right. information with, you know, cause, um, but now Facebook seems to be the 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 thing where people just put everything out there, and I don't suggest that because you got to realize, young people, there's a lot of companies that go to Facebook when they want to take a look at who your character are is as an individual when they're looking at hiring at you. So be very careful about what you're putting out there on social media because companies are looking at that as a tool to decide whether you make a good employee or a good match with their company. So be careful with that. So I think journaling is much easier and much safer for us to do that.
2: All right. You know what? Once you you write it down and journal it, Marcia, you can always tear it up and burn it. Hello. But
1: you cannot
0: yes. change that. You cannot change that Facebook page, girl. And the stuff I be seeing out there, I'm like, really? You ain't got no one else you can tell that to, or write it. Look, write Jesus a letter, and and then burn it if you want to. You know, because <laughs> hey, it is. I mean, yes. They put a lot out there. What else you want to share with us about what you have done? What about weight loss? that too linked to emotions too? Because eating, uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time eating food uh, as a comfort.
2: Um. Yes, food is a comfort. But also, um. he's gone now. He's passed along, and I won't mention his name, but I was working with a gentleman, and he was close to 500 pounds.
1: right If you can't
2: really? even, I mean, I could, yes. I couldn't even imagine five hundred pounds but I, I saw him and he was his legs were bigger than my entire torso. I mean he was huge, all right. And I started to work with him and it's funny how we got together. Um someone at one of our prayer groups or whatever, one of one of my um groups that I hang out with, um, recommended that he talk to me. You know, because they knew I, were, I was into the health and the oils and all the natural things. And he didn't know what I looked like, and I didn't know what he looked like, right? So we meet each other in a public place so that I can kind of assess the situation and see if I can really help him. And I saw him in from a distance, and I was like, oh, my goodness, he
0: is Was he able to lock, he's walk like, around when he was in a scooter? He He was able to walk around. Okay. I mean, it was it was amazing
2: to watch him. So I'm watching him come toward me, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And he's probably looking at me. And later, I know what he was thinking. But at that point, it was like, who is this little chipper thing standing here going, I can help you? You know, it was funny. And we sat and we talked, and I figured out where the the weight was coming from. His was not necessarily comfort. His was anger. He was taking foot-long sandwiches and shoving them down his throat because he was so mad at the world and about how his life had turned out until he was just shoving the food down his throat. So sometimes the type of food that we choose is also matched to the emotion. Like when I'm stressed and I've got deadlines and I've got stuff just being thrown at me, I want stuff that's crunchy, something that's hard, something because that's how I'm feeling. I'm like, I just need to release the stress. When I'm feeling kind of mellow and down and sad. I want something creamy and soft and gushy, you know. So it all depends on how you're feeling, too. Like you may want something spicy because you just just feeling sassy. So the food has a lot to do with the emotions, yes, yes, and double yes. So to end the story about the gentlemen, we worked together for months. Um, we did the oils. Um, and he was showing tremendous process, and then he met a roadblock. See, you've got to be willing to go through. I finally said, what is it that is holding you back from healing? And he looked at me in this very serious tone, and he says, I hate black people. <laughs> and I thought, we have a problem because I'm just as chocolate as you're going to get. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and he Once he got that out, because he didn't know what I looked like, remember, and I didn't know what he looked like, so he didn't expect this little chocolate princess, and I didn't expect him to be 500 pounds. So we were both in for a a time to grow, you know. I grew to love him as my brother, and it was just funny at the end. It's like, okay, this little black chick is coming to help me. This is so funny. So I've got to deal with my issue right here with her and it was so healing. He actually got over it. He started to get better. And then but by the time I started working with him, he was on so many medications in and out of the hospital. At that point, he died with his soul and his spirit free, but his body had taken the toll of years and years and years. And he used to ride with his motorcycle gang that did mean things to African-Americans. I mean, he started confessing all of it. I'm thinking, am I safe here? But, I mean, I was fine. And it ended up being a love relationship where he learned to love me in my little chocolate skin, and I learned to love him, even though he was full of a lot of hate when we first started working together. How can you love somebody that hates you and never, ever met you because of this color of your skin? I just thought that was, here we are, thrown together to help each other. So it was just awesome. And he, uh, um, I think it was like maybe a year or two years later he did pass away because of physical complications, not anymore because of the mental, emotional that he was going through. So I guess I share that story at the end to say it's better to prevent by doing the protocol that I mentioned where you check in with yourself once a week versus sometimes it has to get to a diagnosis. And then all of a sudden you get that wake up call. It's better to be a late adapter than not at all. But then sometimes it doesn't necessarily end the way I want it. I want everybody healed. I want kumbaya, but he had gotten so far down the road until his physical body could not take it anymore, and then he eventually passed away um, from heart failure because, I mean, you can only carry that weight around for so long. Um, So the bittersweet, he healed emotionally, and I'm sure he will stand before the king all clean and pure, but um, not necessarily on this side of life. So that's my encouragement. Deal with your stuff.
0: And I know, one. I think one presentation you were doing, I happened to be there, and you were talking about functional eaters as well as emotional eaters. And I think I'm a functional eater because I don't, I eat, I, actually sometimes I'll forget to eat because I get busy or doing something. I'm like, wait a minute, is I eat? I need to go in there and eat. I need to eat something.
1: Uh, and, uh, so Marcia,
2: something wrong with you. Nobody forgets to eat. No, okay. <laughs> uh, there, there are functional eaters. There are, I always say it like this, some people live to eat, and some people eat to live, okay?
1: You right. and my husband
2: I, I, eat, eat to eat to live. You eat to live. In right. other words, you eat so that you have enough strength to go do what you need to do.
1: That, that is not yeah. me.
2: I I live to eat. Every plate of food is an occasion to celebrate. <laughs> so, <laughs> i what I, I it's like. When I finally cleaned up my eating, I saw just how emotional my eat. It's like on Friday afternoon, I'm celebrating. I made it through a week or I got a new client. Oh, let's get some Terry misu. That's so good. And then it's like, oh, something else happened. Let's do this. Everything was expressed through what I was eating, okay? So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. so. But like I said, my husband is functional eater. He walks in. He's like, what's well, for dinner? I say nothing, or you know, or I tell him what's for dinner, and he will eat it. I, I put it in front of him. Brother will eat it. It's fine. Yeah. It's not a, a not a big deal. You put a plate in front of me. It's got to be pretty. It's got to be decorated. It has to have a garnish on there. Nobody wants to go through all that, but I love it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs>
1: so that's, that's, when you that's are it.
2: an emotional, when you are an emotional eater, love is in that food. It's like a romance. And so you have to stop <laughs> yourself and go, I need to go do something else besides eat that Haagen-Dazs ice cream. So I will now do things like <laughs> I, love, I love to run, so I'll go run. And it gives me the same mental high as eating that Haagen-Dazs ice cream with less calories. Um, when I am, like today, I was so joyful for no reason at all. I just felt like I was about to just Bubble over, I was just so happy. And I just had to go eat something that grounded me because I was just about to float out the planet. <laughs> so, what did I do? I went and just ate a bowl of chili for my lunch today because I needed something heavy um to kind of just slow me down a bit. And I'm fine, I, I still feel joyful. But my point is, the food does have a connection with what's going on with you. So, as an emotional eater, I have to pay attention. So I can't reward myself gotcha. with the sweet potato French fries, you know.
0: <laughs> and now I'm the type of person if I crave something, if I get like uh, a candy bar, or whatever, I will. I don't have to eat the whole candy bar. I'll just take a piece of it, and once I got the taste of it, I'm okay. That makes sense. Oh no,
1: uh huh. Yeah.
2: Uh huh, it does. But no, you're an alien. I, oh no, I shouldn't say you're an alien, but you are. Fifty percent of the people. I I said that wrong. I think the statistics are 20% of the people eat like you and 80% of the people eat like me. So in another time and space, if I didn't know what healthy eating was, I should probably be a whole lot heavier um, than 125, 135 because eating is an event, (laughs) whereas you would be skinny and healthy all the time because, yeah, carrot sticks make you happy. No, uh uh-uh. It's carrot sticks dipped in something
0: to make me happy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, I just want to thank you for being on the show. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back on the D-Hour Network. And just want to remind people that the show, you know, uh, it's remind us about healthy eating, to put our minds in, because I know a lot of times people working, they have their jobs, they have their bills, and in the back of their mind they say, I wanna eat healthy, I wanna do this but so this is a reminder or giving us a sense of direction and how that can be how that can happen. So we just wanna make sure we share with you the best information and how that can happen. All right? You want to be our Network with, with Marsha and your for Our network. This is Marsha uh, with For Your Help with Letitia Jones. I just want to thank you guys for listening. And, Letitia, thank you for being on the show because it's so important for me to pass this information on how to have, how to have us more healthy. You know, with the health care bill being pushed around, many people losing health care or health care becoming so costly that food can be our medicine. And then taking time to look at our emotions and our words that affects us. So I just want to thank you. Uh, being a raw chef, I know you um, you fix healthy meals. And, man, she can make meals that have you thinking you're eating meat, like the nuts and some of the other stuff that she grinds up. Just really, really good. She's very good at it. So we're going to hopefully maybe do a workshop here in Atlanta so you can come out and work together with me again on doing something like that. So I'm looking forward for us planning something for twenty nineteen that we can bring to our listening audience or people in an area to come out and check out some of your uh, your food.
2: Awesome. Awesome, I'd love that. Yeah. I love
0: that. Yes, you can do some planning. Well, one, but one, I just wanna remind me. go ahead.
2: Well, one of the things that I just wanted to end with on my end is one of my favorite Bible verses is from 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And it really encapsulates every single thing that we have talked about tonight. And it says, my dear friends, I pray that you may in all respect prosper and enjoy good health. And I'm going to add for 2019, just as your soul prospers. And that soul is that mind, will, and those emotions. And so be in good health as your
0: soul prospers. Amen. I I stand in agreement with that, yes. We want that for our listening audience. We want it for ourselves and our children. And I thank you for being on board. I want to remind my listening audience, next Sunday uh, I'll have – Dr. James Stevens on. He's written a book, Disaster and Preparedness Handbook. Um, I just feel like I need to get this information out for us to be prepared. I want to be able to educate the next generation on how to be prepared for any type of natural disaster, chemical warfare, anything that's going on. He's written this great book. Anytime I do a workshop, I'm educating us on how to store grains, how to do preserve food long-term as well as short-term I truly believe we need to know this and have this knowledge. I may not have to use it, maybe my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren, but we want to be able to educate our families with the knowledge and information on how food can be their medicine and how to grow their own food and how to be prepared for anything. So, Leticia, thank you so much for coming on board with us. Again, give them one more time the information where they can reach you regarding the essential oils.
2: Okay. Um, my phone number or either by text, it is 404-574-3000. And then um, I didn't give my email the last time, but that's fine as well. Um, that's Some Foods Incorporated. I'll spell that. That's R-A-W, some, S-O-M-E, foods, F-O-O-D as in David, S. So either way you choose to contact me, I'll be happy to respond and send you the information about how to contact Young Living with my discount.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And for my listening audience, I pray you guys have a safe, beautiful new year for 2019. Everything your heart desires should be given to you, as the Lord sees fit. So I thank you guys for listening. So please take time to check us out next Sunday. For the Disaster Preparedness Program, and get some great information that you can pass on to you and your family. So everyone, have a great, safe holidays. I'll see you, hear from you next Sunday.